today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Of course, we have been talking in the last couple of days over a sewage leak, a massive sewage leak uh, into the West End watershed uh, in which uh, up to, I guess, 24 billion liters spilled into Shadok Creek because of a door, a valve, what have you, uh, that was uh, left open uh, over a period of time. Uh, Then once it was found out about and fixed, uh, it stayed under wraps within the city, which has created a whole other uh, can of worms for the city moving forward. That being said, what does it mean for the environment? What does it mean for that sensitive area, especially in and around the Royal Botanical Gardens? To talk more about all of this, Ty Teismeyer is with us, head of the natural areas for the Royal Botanical Gardens, and is with us now. Ty, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Yes, good afternoon, and thanks for having me. So how has this affected the area in and around the RBG? Um, Well, if you can imagine, there was the recovery of a marsh really actually recurring after, one could say, almost a a century of many people's efforts in many areas. And uh, the marsh just looked like it had an eraser go over it, and all that recovery was just shut right down, and you're kind of back to ground zero. Um, so it was pretty dramatic, actually. It's as dramatic as it gets, because, of course, the battle has always been capturing and treating sewage in the city over over the years for Truth to Paradise, and uh, the battle was being won inch by inch, and uh, was just a shutdown of the ecological system and um, made it rather unpleasant for a visitor at the same time. So when did RBG, when did you guys realize there was an issue here? I would say... Um, Going into April, it, it um, seemed to smell a little bit more than it does. And there were reports so, of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it um, yeah. But of course, because this particular creek has a variety of issues, you just had to assume there was nothing new beyond the, the known issues yet to be dealt with. And uh, then as the uh, the weather warmed up and the, the clean water supply started to dry up from from the upper lands, then it all really concentrated. And by the time we got into June, we knew there had to be something much more serious going on than, than was being reported. So by that point, say June, you realized this was not part of the normal process. This was something that was adding to this problem. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the look of it, the complaints we were hearing, all of it, I ultimately myself finally just said, well, someone's got to look down there. So I got in a boat and went right up Stoke Creek as far as I could, starting down in uh, Coop's Paradise to Mm -hmm. see what I could see. And what did you see? What did you find? What did I find? I have never found something more disgusting in my life. Basically, at the top end of the creek where it comes out from underneath uh, the Highway 403, it disappears under big giant concrete box culverts. It was basically like sitting inside the initial stage of a sewage treatment plant. Oh, man. Scum and stink. Was this this easy to detect? Was it easy to get to the bottom of this? Oh, to find out the source of it? Yes, yes. No, Baron, that was the problem because the creek disappears under the ground completely because it's going under the 403 and other elements of the city. It's not been a beloved creek. It's been in the way of all sorts of other types of progress. Mm Mm-hmm you knew there was going to be a really difficult challenge to, in theory, figure out where in the world underground the problem originated from. 
when you found out there was a problem, what was your thought or what the problem was? What was your thought? Um, well, the thought was, okay, this is uh, quite a bit of, this is quite a serious situation. So now we're into like early July when things really started to happen. So the information, took some photos, passed it on. Some other people were coincidentally also sending, sending in some photos. We sent them right to the city of Hamilton and said, this is what we have out here right now. This is definitely not right. Please go look underground. It's got to be underground somewhere. Hmm. Uh, any consolation that at least now you know what it is? Um, yeah. That's actually uh, fantastic to know. Uh, there was concerns over, um, well, we had made tremendous progress on a lot of the marsh. This yeah. area was struggling, and it was actually technically getting slightly worse year over year over the last four. And so, and you didn't know why. And you're like, how can this be when all this good work is being done to, to remedy, even on Stoke Watershed, a lot of good work was ongoing in those four years. So how could you be going backwards there instead of forwards? And so to know that this was actually discovered and dealt with, that's, uh, that's, that makes a huge difference just for this 2019 year and going forward. So uh, we're, we're hearing from the city, you know, series of valves, doors, what have you, something left open to allow this to overflow and go into the creek and, and, and Coots Paradise and such. Uh, how long has that been rectified? How long has that been closed? Has this been fixed? I would have the same answer you would have that you would read in the media at this point. The... Uh the actual information is going to be in the report that is being held in confidence until the Ministry of Environment and Conservation and Parks finishes their investigation. So, in theory, they say it was closed in uh, mid-July once they finally figured it out, and that's what we have to take as the information. So, considering this, it looks like, and let's say this was rectified, it was fixed, in in, in, in this source shut off from dumping this sewage in mid-July, have you been able to see any sort of, uh, any sort of, uh, of correction in this in any way? Can you tell that yes. at least it stopped? Oh, absolutely. There was a, a, a reasonably quick recovery. Of course, the limiter was, it was the heat of the summer by the time this was uh, on, yeah. and so until the rain started to fall and the creek started to flow again, which happens in the fall, you were stuck with it. And uh, once, uh, but by the time you got to September, it was already dramatically better, getting close to at least acceptable for recreation. And uh, once you got to the end of October, the whole system had been flushed through by the rainwater. It doesn't take water long to go through Coots Paradise out to the harbor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so by even November, actually by the time we got to November, because a whole lot of things were coming together, as as is the process, three steps forward, two steps back, three steps forward. Mm. By the time it got to the end of November, actually, the waters of Coots Paradise were the clearest I have ever seen them. So uh, how do you decide, uh, when did you realize that, you know, we have normal algae blooms, we hear of that every summer and such, but this is different. This is something over and above the obvious, over and above normal. Yep. Yeah, so it was really the stench of the sewage smell yeah. from Shadow Creek far... And we all heard about that, didn't we? Far exceeded the normal smell. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it starts right there. It was straight up the smell of the creek. 
So how much damage done by this? Uh, as you mentioned, it, it seems to have recovered well. Does that is that good? Does that mean there is no damage? Or is this something we have yet to, 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 to analyze to see how bad it was or is? Yeah, no, there's uh, definitely work to analyze how bad it was. Certainly the plant community, that's, we're talking millions of aquatic plants that were lost, uh, and it's a long, slow battle, for example, to grow a water lily, and yeah. water lilies should be one of the common plants. If you want to go buy one at a store, they're 25 bucks a pop. Um, what'd we lose? Probably 10,000 water lilies gone, so hmm. good math on that one. Um, the remaining, the real big question at the moment is, the aquatic insects, of course, that are part of the bottom, the benthic invertebrates, bugs, right. clams, these things, dragonfly nymphs, the things that often emerge from the water to feed migratory birds and keep the fish fed, how much of them were lost. And then even within that, there's actually uh, one of the great success stories of the recovery was Coots Paradise had become the number one spot for a highly, endang- highly endangered clam. And so... How many of them are even left alive? Hmm. So as you are heading, as we're heading into winter now, and then obviously after that spring, what are your concerns in the next six months as, and then as spring arrives? Well, so the top concern, aside from trying to figure out how to do an assessment on what's alive at the bottom at this point, is um, getting this report released, summarized, because one of the outcomes of this is there will be a good investigation into the subterranean world of Shadow Creek and where many of the issues might be, because there's many issues in the subterranean world of Shadow Creek, and there's never been resources allotted to do this thorough investigation. So this is going to yield some important information on how to uh, fully recover the water in Shadow Creek, and then that's going to lead to, we're going to need some infrastructure money coming to the city of Hamilton to help them fix it. Is that the positive to come out of this? Is, the, is there a positive? This is the positive. Yeah. Shadow Creek was one of many issues in the Hamilton sewer system. Um, it's very uh, it's very localized to the corner of Coots Paradise, but actually into the West Harbor, and so this is a this is a main public access area. The money to look into a rather complicated situation has now been invested in. So we get to finally get the details of the troubles that are buried underground that then are going to need work. Uh, your thoughts on, you know, and obviously there's an investigation going on and, and we don't know yet where that's all going to end up, but but your thoughts on this whole incident and, and the challenge of now uh, replenishing this and everything that's happened, how, how are you feeling about this? What are your thoughts? What, what, what annoys you? What, what, yeah. I mean, is this a forgivable offense? Is this, what, what are your thoughts? Um, the worst things I've ever seen, honestly. It's one yeah. of the worst things I've ever seen to do with the water. Um, I'm sure on the city of Hamilton staff end, it was shocking, but we just, the sooner we can share information, the sooner we can work together to do the best we all can do together. We're all under limited resources. Yeah. That's, uh, I have a lot of, yeah, I'm hopeful that sooner than later the report can be available for us all to move forward with. Ties Tiesmeyer has been with us, head of natural areas for the Royal Botanical Gardens, of course, talking about how the Royal Botanical Gardens and the areas in and around Coots Paradise have been affected by the Shadok spill, which we are all learning more about. Ties, thank you so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Good luck.
Thank you. Bye. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.